fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. If you're going to ask me, so you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast. Back in time. In the DeLorean. We're literally getting in the DeLorean this time. I always sometimes say, like, we're getting in the DeLorean. We're heading back to 19-whatever. And we are literally getting in the DeLorean this time and going to Back to the Future 3. Before we do that, though, I've got with me Pat. I've got Bo. Guys, how you doing? Great. Very well, John. How are you? How you doing? I actually am doing pretty well. I'm not at work, so I'm good. We're all good here now. We're we're fine here now. There, there was a large leak. Very dangerous. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give us a month to lock it down. <laughs> yeah. Large coolant leak. Very yeah. large reactor leak. Very yeah. dangerous. With a, a reactor leak down here. It's a, a large leak. Very dangerous. Give us no, a mo- honestly- give, give us a month or three to lock it down. Honestly, John, this reactor leak isn't any worse than like, come on, like a water leak. Really? I mean, water leaks kill people, too. I mean, well, if you're if you're talking about what we talked about last week or a couple of weeks ago, sure. If it's a water that's, leak that's right. coupled with a man eating shark, then, yes, you've got Bad an accurate, stuff picture can of, accurate picture of what the uh, American educational system looks like. right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's too on the nose. Our listeners 10 years from now are going to be like. What, what are you are guys talking, talking about? about? Right. Well, by the time this comes out, all of this will be done. <laughs> well, well, it's I, all done. <laughs> but all the decisions we're worried about will have been made. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Are you are you doing the are you doing the um, Hudson? Are you saying game over, man? Game over, man. Game over. I wish I had that on the soundboard. That would have been helpful. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to try your Zoom meetings, maybe. Express elevator. To, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, so here we are. <laughs> here we all are. Here we are together again. All right. Um, well, you know what I actually forgot to do? Because work, because work has been so crazy and so messed up lately and so time-consuming, I completely forgot to look up because usually at the first week of every month, uh, we do our uh, This Month in 90. Completely forgot to look okay. it up. So let's make some stuff up. This is okay. We're, we're in August 1990. What do you guys think happened in August of 1990? Where were you? What well, in August of 1990? I was. Were you in a bowling alley, Bo? <laughs> Maybe. <No. laughs> Maybe. Anything is possible. Mm-hmm. I'm I was... thinking I was getting ready for school to start or something. I yeah. Was, I don't know what grade I would have been in, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ayrton Senna was on his way to winning his second world title. Nice. There we go. The great one. The great one. Um, 
Formula One. I, I I did look up Iraq real, invaded I, Kuwait. I was going to yeah. say I, I did look it up real fast. And August second was the was the invasion of Kuwait. Yeah, right. The uh, the also on the same day, uh, probably even more eventful, was the twenty third San Diego Comic Con. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. there it is. Although I get the feeling that San Diego Comic Con back in nineteen ninety was probably not the San Diego Comic Con of today. No, I'm gonna take a, go ahead. And, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take a wild guess and say they actually had comic books at the Comic Con back in 1990. I'm thinking they probably did. It, it was probably a bunch of folding tables and you know, middle-aged or older guys with their mint edition copy of the Amazing Spider-Man number 15. It's a great issue. Carlton Fisk ties Johnny Bench's home run record as a catcher. Nice. Pete Rose begins his prison term. Oh, oh so we're Marion, going in Illinois oh. federal prison. Oh there my go. gosh. The, uh, the, uh, the motorcycle world champion, uh, Mick Dewan, the great Mick Dewan was, uh, winning a motorcycle. And I got to look it up. I don't know if it was his first title, but he won like everything, uh, for Honda in the nineties. So yeah, Mick Dewan was a great, let me, let's, let me, I'm going to check that one out. NASA lands Magellan on Venus. Oh, cool. Oh, one of the great movies, Exorcist 3 premieres. Ah, there yeah. we go. Yeah, I'm I'm really very kidding. Um, <laughs> I think it was bad. Like I don't remember. I know I've seen it. Oh, wait a minute. It can't be any wor- well, it can't be any worse than Exorcist 2, where the problem is I kept thinking, and I think that's what they said, um, in Exorcist 2, didn't they kind of retcon some stuff and explain that the demon that possessed the girl in the first one was some, like, African wind demon named Pazuzu? Is that right? Did I, am you I remember that going, quickly? You are going far deeper okay. with Exorcist knowledge than I possess. Okay. All right. Because then I always got confused. Then, like, then I would joke about it, and I would, um, I'd mix it together with It's a Wonderful Life and call them Pazuzu's Petals. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's fantastic. That's that's slightly different. <laughs> you know, George Bailey gets to see what life would be like if he'd never been born, and then he just turns completely evil. <laughs> hey, that's right. They're, they're Pazuzu's petals. <laughs> I've got to uh, I've got to uh, print a retraction. I'm sorry, guys. It wasn't Mick doing that one. I thought that was weird. Um, oh, it was hey, actually you're you're off the podcast. I well, I know that's unacceptable. Um, this is actually. This uh, Wayne Rainey. I thought Mick Dewan was in the 90s. Yeah. Wayne Rainey, motorcycle great, was, uh, it says, was in the um, nine finishers. Wow. Okay. Sorry. I'm just, I got lost in motorcycle racing history. I'm sorry. But I, uh, yeah, according to this, it was the, the, the fantastic racer Wayne Rainey uh, won the, um, won the title that year. And then he actually went on and he was just like a monster. And, um, uh, motorcycle racer and he ended up crashing and becoming paralyzed um, from the waist down. He's still involved in the sport and like heads up the American championship and everything like that. Um, but anyway, sorry guys, I'm, I'm, I'm turning this into the motorcycle podcast. I apologize. You guys like you were talking about, but I have to print that retraction because I don't want our one listener. That's like a motorcycle fan uh, to like start throwing junk at his television and like, Listen, <laughs> he's watching our podcast on hey. for that whole hey, thing. Maybe 
I think I need to like. You can put a podcast app on a Roku. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, man. Well, I'm going to stop talking now. But yeah, it was Wayne Rainey was the was the guy that won the title in 1900. Nice. So, bunch of stuff about the Iraq War Mm -hmm. because that all started in August. Yeah. And that was in August. That was when they invaded Kuwait. And then didn't didn't we go into Saudi Arabia? Kind of that was the mm-hmm. like, you know like that was a couple days desert, later. I think. Yeah, yeah, that was Desert Shield. Right. And then Desert Storm came. Was that later that fall, or was that yeah, the following? Few, I think so. A few months later, October ish, yeah. I want to say, but I'd have to confirm that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on August twenty seventh, uh, Garth Brooks released his second studio al- album, No Fences. A lot, lot of good songs on that one. That has the uh, solid album. I friends, like it. friends in low places, and the thunder rolls, and friends in low places played in every bar in America. Way too much, and then he, and then both of those songs he added a, a special third verse to. He did for the live concerts, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, well, I, that's that's what I got for 1990. So yeah, August of 1990. All right. Well, we saved that one. And you could have made up some stuff if you wanted to. I don't think anybody's yeah. really going to well, go on Well, now, I, now I'm panicking because, like, now I got these two results, and, I, and now I'm worried that I'm going to just screw this whole thing up. You're taking this way too seriously, Pat. I know, but I don't want our listener that's, like, the one listener that's – wait, I'm the one listener that's the motorcycle. You might be the one. Right? Well, that's true. No, I'm sure there's others. There's, I'm hey, sure there's others, too. I, there's at least probably three guys in New Zealand. You know what? Well, then we better get this. We better get this I'm right. I'm sure one of them. I hear they have super grippy roads. That's what I heard, too. Mm-hmm. And I want to go. I think we need to take the podcast down there I to think, find out. Yes. Yes. I think we'll call it the super grippy tour. And we mm-hmm. could, we could take it on the road, uh, literally. And um, yeah, I think it'd be good. Right. Yeah. The 30 something right. podcast, super grippy world tour. I, mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Gotta have that kung fu grip. Hey, that's right. Once, uh, once we don't have teaching jobs anymore, we can take this thing on the road. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I think so. Can we podcast professionally? Uh, yes. I mean, if we find that, if we have that, like wealthy Some donor, people do. Mm-hmm. Can we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what. If I ever find, if I ever find that wealthy uncle or wealthy donor or anything like that, or if you guys ever do, then just let, you, let us know because. I I could do this full time. We could do this full time. Mm-hmm. As long as we had a sugar dad, I mean a, a wealthy donor, um, you know, could totally do this full time. Right. I think so too. Okay, I just I, looked it up I meant, to make I'm, sure I, it I think was I Wayne Rainey. Okay, Yamaha Wayne Rainey. Okay, I'm I think gonna, I meant the I'm candy. Just, I don't think I meant the actual sugar. Yeah, whatever. Okay, that's. I don't know what you guys are talking. About. I don't know what we're talking about either. I don't even. So, know. John, do you mind if I throw some like shout outs? Real quick. Let's hear it. Let's get into some news and some shout outs. Is that okay? Like, I don't, you know, whatever, yeah. whenever let's, it fits in, this is your thing, man. You just, you name the time, but let's, let's fit it in right now. News, the news. Another action adventure. What do you got for me, Pat? Okay. So here's the first one. I've been listening back to our podcasts, okay? I'm sorry. And I, I well, I just got to say, first of all, John, I got to commend you, especially as we have like more people on the podcast, uh, like keeping the conversation flowing and like 
you know, the, the keeping it between, okay, this is going down a good road and then, okay, let's bring it back. Cause what are we talking? Like you do that in a very smooth, a very smooth manner. Oh, okay. So I, I, ju- I just, you know, detaching and just kind of listening to it. Uh, it's, I, I really like, you know, you'll let the discussion go. And then there's sometimes when it's like, like the way you can kind of play the straight man, like, Oh, okay. Okay. We got to like, uh, okay. You know, like it's just, and then there's sometimes where there'll be a really dark, or dark, well, dark, deep conversation. And then you'll have like, all right, so let's bring it back now. And like, you'll have like the right question to kind of like refocus. So I just got to say that. And Bo, I got to be honest, man, like seriously, in terms of like, like just listening to it all. And then, and I seriously have listened. I kind of, I kind of binged the last couple episodes just to kind of, you know, keep, but you're like, you'll have like the one sentence that just makes all the sense in the world or just like the one comment that it like brings it all together. And I just, like I said, it, I'm like, oh, I got to tell Bo this. That was really cool. Like, and it, but then it was like three or four episodes in a row that I just noticed that you're like able to just be very concise and like have, you know, just it, it, very, well, I'm just going to keep saying it concise, just very concise, very clear, like thought provoking comments. And it's not a lot of words. You know what I'm saying? So I just, uh. I think that's really cool how you're able to do that. And just thank you, Patrick. I, I do what I can. Well, I, I mean it. Like I said, you know, just checking it out and listen. I'm like, oh wow, that, I got to tell them. Then it was like the next one. I'm I like, am impressed that you can listen to us. I, I don't. I listen to a couple here and there, but I. Ugh. Yeah, I need to know what I need to apologize to people for the next day. <laughs> and uh, but no, but seriously. And then it was like the, the next episode. I listen. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, like. Dude, that's that's awesome. And this is coming from a guy that like my commentary is the idea of like like a dartboard, like taking all the darts and throwing them at once is like I just throw a bunch of words. But you you sell yourself short, Patrick. I think some of the the musical commentary that you bring to the podcast is what always interests me because there are there are things you can pick out of a score that you'll talk about. And I have gone back to watch sections of movies because I'm sitting here going, How did I missed (laughs) <laughs> well, well, I, I might have stolen so I, all those. I am constantly impressed by that. Well, so. well, you're very kind, man. I mean, like I said, like just listening to you guys, both you guys go is pretty awesome. And uh, most of those music comments, I probably just stole from the soundtrack show. Um, but here's one. Self- it's not called stealing. It's called research. <laughs> here's one. And, and this, if you guys want to laugh, here's, here's a little, go back and listen to our hunt for at October podcast. Okay. You guys do Marco Ramey or Sean Connery impersonations. They're awesome. Like they're awesome. And there's one. No, they're awesome because they go in a row and then I jump in and do one. One ping only, please. (laughs) One ping only, please. No. I don't. If, if no, you guys go back and listen. That was my Marvin. That was my Marvin the Martian Ramius. Yeah, I know. But like there's one and I I didn't look at it. I should have had the time index. There's one where, like, John, you say a line, Bo, you say, and then I say the line, and it's awful. I mean, my Marco Ramius is awful. And it's funny, as I didn't realize how awful it was until I listened, and it was like, John, then Bo, and then mine jumps in, and it's sort of like, like you could put like the cricket sound effect in there because it gets quiet afterwards. <laughs> it was just like, oh my God, that's really bad. It's, it, it is, it is priceless. So, my 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 Sean Connery and all my impersonations are pretty bad, but the Sean Connery one, especially because it's like, it's sort of it's just the classic like like uh, John Bo and then Pat, and it's just like, dude, don't don't do that again. <laughs> that was really bad. 
all it's, the air like was got let out of the balloon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was that 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 was it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Nice. So, and I, I know I'm hogging the news thing, but I, yeah. I want to give one quick shout out to my sister in law, Julie. Um, who, Hi, Julie. Yeah. Hello, Julie. Big shout out. Big shout out for Julie. Julie is a has to be a friend of the show. Yes. She gets a shout out. We gave her a shout out because she like I, I we were talking movies and she goes, oh, I, I like that movie. And this I forget which one it was. And this was like a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And she tuned in and listened to us. And I think we gave her the shout out and everything. The other day, we, we you know, we kind of had a a socially distant family, you know, kind of get together with my in-laws. And we were talking and everyone was like, well, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm watching this on Netflix or I've started listening to podcasts or I've been. And, and Julie was saying, she goes, yeah, I, I need to get more into podcasts. The only one I'm listening to, I'm, I still listen to the 30 something podcast. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah, I jump around to the movies I saw, but yeah, I just listened. And she caught it when like the Shirley guys were on there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and I'm like, well, that'd be a great one to listen, like listen to those guys. Uh, and she goes, yeah, so yeah, no, it's fun. I really love listening to you guys. You guys are awesome and all that kind of stuff. So like shout out to my sister-in-law, Julie, who's listening to our show and like, she's still talking to me. Like, I mean, so it's, it's all, it's all all good. It's all good. So it's very exciting. All right. So uh, Pat, shout out to Julie. Nice. With the air horn. There it is. There you go. Thank you, Gotta love it. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. Th- thanks for listening. Thanks for putting up with us, basically. Right. Yeah. Right. That's exciting times, man. I mean, I I edit this thing, so I have to listen to us over and over and over again. And I mean, I, I yeah. still I still like you guys for the most part. Yeah. I'm not well, sure about like, that Dennis guy, but you know, you guys, you guys are fine. <laughs> well, I love it, and like I said, you know, sitting here talking to you guys, like I said, John, the way you keep the conversations on track, and Bo, like I said, like <laughs> the comments you make are so like insightful was the word I was looking for insightful, but it's like word economy. You can be insightful with like a sentence where I couldn't be insightful if I read from the Harvard dictionary, you know? So yes, you anyways, could. I, Hey, you know what? I appreciate your sports analogies. <laughs> I appreciate ball. your sports analogies and your food analogies. That's right, man. Mm-hmm. Go sports. Mm-hmm. This movie is an unlimited basket of, of bullets. This movie is like a plate of nachos. <laughs> what movie, was the bottomless movie bullets a, one? This, this movie is a lightly sautéed grilled shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know haggis? Oh, this is the stuff it's cooked in. Mm-hmm. Um, what was oh, the, don't you what was the, <laughs> don't you threaten me with a good time? I love haggis. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying it's, you know, what was the bottomless nachos? Was that the one where the guy, that movie where the, the Irish gangster had the gun that yes. had like the six was, gajillion yep. shot? It was uh, Miller's Crossing. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, he's we he's, gotta go. he's he's apparently an artist with a Thompson, but I think it's a little bit more like a Jackson Pollock because it's just kind of like all over the yeah. place. We Someone's got to put the stopwatch on that. Like mm-hmm. that, that was, that was an impressive mm-hmm. amount of, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, I hijacked the news segment, but yeah. No, that was that. That's absolutely fine. Good. Yeah, good, man. Good. Uh, good shout out to hijack it for. Mm-hmm. We did have a. You know what? Let me pull this up real quick. We did have, and it's it's been a little while. You know, since we. I think this. I think this came out since we recorded it. And pulling back the curtain slightly, uh, we are recording some of these ahead of time because it is summertime and things have been a little crazy with work and preparing for school in the fall and things like that. Um, we did actually have a new review on iTunes, and I think I shared that with you guys. 
but I did want did. to pull that up real quick. Um, yeah, let me see if I can find that again real fast. But yeah, we did have a uh, we did have another review from somebody on iTunes. It was a five star review, so clearly they've been listening. Cool. Yeah, here let me pull this up real fast. Okay, so this was um, the the person's name is Greasy Satchel. Hey, you know what? Whatever what works, works for you. For you? I, there we go. That's that's a cool name, man. Yeah. That's a cool name. Uh, so the uh, the title of their review is Pod Vets. They gave us five stars, and they said after three after over three hundred shows, these guys are serious professionals. I, Greasy Satchel. Um, I don't know what podcast you were listening to, but thank you for the review. Um, yeah, seriously. <laughs> anyway, he says after over three hundred shows, these guys are serious professionals. A great concept to look back at movies turning thirty. It's fun to remember back and to see how they hold up after three decades. Not just for serious movie buffs. Subscribed. So. So oh, wow. thank you, Greasy Satchel, whatever your real name is, Greasy Satchel. Thank you for subscribing. That's thank you for listening, nice. and thank you yeah. for the review. So that's very cool. That's cool. Very cool. All right. Well, if we don't have anything else, are you all ready to jump back in time? Yeah. Back to the fu- back from the future. Back to the when they come. When will then Great be now? Scott. <laughs> this is heavy. This is heavy. <laughs> thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. What I say when I step on the scale every morning. All right. Uh, so the movie this time around is Back to the Future 3. It came out on the 25th of May, 1990. I appreciate the laughter. Um, it is rated PG with a runtime of one hour and 58 minutes. Usually it's Great Scott followed by This is Heavy. Um, one hour and 58 minutes. Directed by Robert Zemeckis, who did all of the Back to the Future movies, uh, Forrest Gump and Castaway. Producers on this one were Neil Canton and Bob Gale. Canton did The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, Get Carter and Gale did Used Cars and Trespass. Writers were Robert Zemeckis, who did the story, and Bob Gale, who did story and screenplay. Zemeckis also wrote 1941 and The Polar Express. Gale also did 1941 and Amazing Stories. Cinematography by Dean Cundy, who also did cinematography for Jurassic Park, Escape from New York, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Music by Alvin. 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 Silvestri. Alvin. <laughs> yes. It was Alan Silvestri, that most famous of chipmunks. Hey, Dave. I just wrote the score for the Avengers. Um, yeah, you take that in your Mark, Mark whatever, Ramius, and stick that in his hat, and I don't even know. <laughs> I want to get that last sentence like recorded. Yeah, yeah you take that and put, put stick that, that in your stick that in you your got, rock in a hard place and then jump from the frying pan. Did you guys ever see the Knight's Tale with the with uh, the Joker? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Long he's just angry ago. and he yes. just comes up and he just goes words <laughs> or no? What does he say? He just says words or angry. Very, very angry, or something like that. Like that's kind of like that it's, was. It's you just much... put that in your pipe. Got gonna buy. I just words angry. You stick a feather in your hat and call it macaroni. All right, let's try that one more time. Alan Silvestri, who also did uh, Avengers, Forrest Gump, and Predator. The budget on this one was forty million. The box office was two hundred and forty-six point one million. They did all right. That'll do, pig. That'll do. <laughs> uh, yeah. Flick Metrics gives this one a 71% cinema score. It got an A minus. Starring Michael J. Fox, who played Marty McFly and Seamus McFly. 
He was also in Doc Hollywood, Spin City, and The American President. Christopher Lloyd, who played Dr. Emmett Brown. He was in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Clue, and Adam's Family. Mary Steenburgen uh, played Clara Clayton. She was in Parenthood, Philadelphia, and Elf. Thomas F. Wilson. <laughs> it's, I have a very good friend in Wome. <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> it's going to be a long night. <laughs> it's it's going to be a very long night. Um, I, I can't even. You know what? Cancel the podcast. It's over. I, I can't talk tonight. It's more cocktails. I, I have been on. I, I, hold Wait, on. Just, just make sure we bring it in before let's, we hit record, okay? Because I wouldn't okay. want all this to get out. Wow, that's. I'm not editing any of this. That's okay. <laughs> I farewell and adieu, yeah. my fair Spanish lady. I have lived the last week and a half on Zoom. I can't. I've I've talked all I can, and I can't talk no more. <laughs> All right, let's lubricate that slightly and move on. Okay, <clears throat> there we go. Are La. you the spokesman for the school's plan in the fall, just yeah, by any chance? Sure, yes. <laughs> I will be running the webinar. Communications director. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what it's, it's going to start sounding like. Yeah, it's going to start sounding like the uh, the priest from uh, Princess Bride. <laughs> it is time to return to school. <laughs> Spacing, spacing today is what is won't bring us in. in the school. Today we will be sharing the plan for returning to school. Presently, okay. The movie's Back to the Future Three. Oh dear. Uh, let's try that again. Thomas F. Wilson. Let's do the NPR version of this. Thomas F. Wilson, Buford Mad Dog Tannen. Biff Tannen, April Fool's Day, Turner and Hooch. Leah Thompson, who played Maggie McFly, Lorraine McFly. She was in Dennis's favorite movie, Howard the Duck, and the TV series Caroline in the City. Elizabeth Shue played Jennifer Parker. She was in The Karate Kid and Adventures in Babysitting. Matt Clark played Chester the Bartender. He was in The Outlaw Josie Wales and The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Richard Dysart played, or he died in 2015. He played the barbed wire salesman. He was in The Thing and Pale Rider. Pat Buttram, who died in 1994, played Jeb, the saloon old-timer number three. He was in Disney's Robin Hood and The Fox and the Hound. Harry Carey Jr. died in 2012. It basically, don't be one of the old-timers in the saloon because they, yeah. they're not around so much anymore. Uh, he played Zeke, the saloon old-timer number two. He was in Tombstone and Gremlins. Uh, Dub Taylor, who died in 1994, played Levi. He was in this. He was the saloon old timer number one. He was in the Wild Bunch and Maverick. James Tolkien played Marshal James Strickland. He was in Top Gun and Masters of the Universe because nobody, and I mean nobody, takes pot shots at Lubick. Uh, <laughs> Burton Gilliam played Slackers. Burton Gilliam played Slackers. Yep. Uh, which is basically the same character, I think, in both movies. Strickland, Lubick, same thing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Burton Gilliam was the Colt gun salesman. He was in Blazing Saddles and Honeymoon in Vegas. Uh, Excuse me while I <laughs> whip this out. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Worked in Blazing Saddles. Uh, in this final chapter. <laughs> yeah, that's a timely joke. Okay. In this final chapter, Marty McFly <laughs> played by. Why are we so punchy tonight? I don't even I don't know, know. What's, no. I don't know what's happening. 
I don't either. I blame the alcohol. Because I had I had Lubick. You were talking about Lubick, and all of a sudden I had another sports reference just like jumped into my head. So it's yeah. it's off tonight. Okay, that's all right. That's okay. We'll we'll get back on track here somehow. Ah, see what we're I talking did? about Back to the Future. Back I don't future. know if we're going to get it back on track. There's, but there's there's a train. Uh, there's a train. But so if we, we could push, yeah. so if we could push it, it up to 88 miles an hour. Yeah, I think we've. Gone, I kind of think we've gone past the point of no return, but that's okay. Uh, in this final chapter, Marty McFly, played by Michael J. Fox, obtains a 70-year-old message from the time-traveling Dr. Emmett Brown, played by Christopher Lloyd, in which he informs Marty that he has retired to a small town in the Old West. Marty then finds out the doc was murdered shortly after sending the letter. In order to save his friend, Marty will have to travel back in time, disentangle a love-struck doc from a local school marm, and repair the DeLorean, all while avoiding a posse of gunslingers. Here is the trailer, and we will be back in just a moment. From out of the west, in a cloud of dust, a thunder of hooves, and a mighty... Great Scott! I know, this is heavy. And then... This summer, Marty and Doc go back one more time for their greatest adventure of all. Doc's living in the past. Just try it, Tanner! But he's about to be history. What kind of a future do you call that? I'm going back to 1885 and I'm bringing you home. It's the last roundup. It's the final showdown. Hey, lighten up, jerk. Where Marty makes a name for himself. What's your name, dude? Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. What kind of stupid name is that? Doc meets his mate. This heck of a I'm a brown at your service. And Tannen meets his match. I'll hunt you and shoot you down like a duck. Dog, Buford. Shoot him down like a dog. Michael J. Fox. Where'd you learn to shoot like this? 7-Eleven. Christopher Lloyd. There's a fella that can't hold his liquor. And Mary Steenburgen. I never ever met a man like you before. <clears throat> Gentlemen, excuse me, but my friend and I have to catch a train. This summer, Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis invite you. Come on, Marty! To the Rough Rider, Rip Roar, Rootin' Tootin', Straight Shootin'. It's a hold up! It's a science experiment! Rousing conclusion of Back to the Future. Let the festivities begin! Back to the Future, Part 3. Okay, if we don't want to be here all night, maybe we should just unpack the trailer because, good God, I'm more, I like just got done watching the movie and I'm still excited after listening to that trailer. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> so when you, I'm not even asking if this is the first time you've seen this movie because I know it's not. Um, so what is the, we'll start with our one word or short phrase. What's the one word that you think of when you think of this movie? <laughs> Woohoo! That's what I think <laughs> of, man. There you go. Comfortable. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm going to go super simple and just say fun. Yeah. Like this might even be, th this might even be just the, I know some people kind of, kind of give this movie a hard time. Cause like, well, it's not as good as the first one. It's not even as good as the second one. And it, but I think at this point, it's just like, you know what? We've done the first one. Second one was heavy, you know, to, to quote a phrase. Um, 
the third one, I think at this point, they're just like, you know what? Uh, let's just have fun. Yeah. I, I would challenge the statement that it's not as good as the second one. There are times when mm-hmm. I think this is better than the second one. Yeah. It may not be a better film, but it's certainly more fun. And being in a different headspace, it's, you know, the second movie, you called it, is darker. And I think this movie is is just fun. Like, they are out to have a good time in the Old West, and they do. Yeah. I, I got to be honest, it's interesting uh, to look at this. Jeff and I, after we um, recorded our Jaws, you know, uh, episode, depending on where the timeline is, Jeff and I, after we're done recording our Jaws episode, are about to have a conversation, you know, we had a conversation about that because we talked about the Jaws sequels. And one of the things we kind of jumped down the rabbit hole of, we started talking, it was like, why did those Jaws sequels fail? And like the simplest reason was everything that made Jaws great, they was like done after one movie. So you can't focus on the same things. You have to move on. And what did they choose to focus on? Well, they kind of chose to focus on the shark, which was, and I think the the guys in the Shirley podcast kind of teased this out. They were talking a little bit about the sequels too. And they decided to focus on basically like make the focus be about the shark. So that was just became just kind of a run in the mill monster movie, you know, like it, it, whereas Jaws kind of was beyond that. Jurassic Park, you kind of, like I said, I've, I like watching the Jurassic Park. I watch all the sequels, but why did the second and the third and so forth not have the same punch as the original? Well, the original had the dinosaurs. It was about the dinosaurs, but it was about so much more. You know, the interactions of the different characters. Should we be messing with, you know, so forth. And so it kind of begs the question of, okay, if you're going to do a sequel, what is the movie going to be about? And I, I'm, and it's it's interesting to kind of explore that because each one of the sequels to Back to the Future, right? The original one was, okay, you go back in time and see your parents. Would you get along with your parents? Like, how would that, that was the whole crux of the original movie. Now all the time travel and the plot and all the, you know, uh, you know, the, the tech of that cool car and that played a big role, but at its core was a kid trying to interact with his parents, as peers and how that would be. Well, you can't redo that with the second one, right? And so the second one went in its direction and it, you know, it explored a little bit more of darker themes and, you know, it had alternate realities and fixing the timeline and all that. And like, so what are you going to do in this one? Okay. And I think they focused on all the right things. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like Jaws where they said, oh, we'll just focus on the shark. You know, it's not like we're just going to focus on the tech or the car. They focused on all the beats that were like awesome and fun and funny in the first two, but they changed them just enough. So it was cute. It was funny. It was, you know, just like what we were saying before, Marty saying, great Scott doc saying, this is heavy, right? Marty one more time getting into a fight and running out, but he's not escaping on the skateboard this time or on the hoverboard like last time. Okay. This time, Doc has to bail him out, you know, like, um, oh, by the way, we're a spoiler podcast, everybody. But, uh, you know, do you guys get what I'm saying? Like, it's like they found the things to keep the story going and making it like, yeah, this is this is cool. You know, it's those regular beats. It's the, you know, every single time 
there's a tannin somewhere is going to get covered in a pile of manure. Yeah. Right. You know, Marty's going to sit and have a drink and someone's going to come in and say, Hey, McFly, mm-hmm. you know, it's got to happen. <clears throat> but, but those familiar beats and, and in this movie, they like, there's other franchises where it's like, okay, here we go again. Same old, same old. I feel like, you know, in this movie, it worked because they, they were able to alter them just enough or pick the ones that were, ah, we want to see more of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, and that's, I mentioned it to the kids when we were watching it because it had been a while. We didn't have time to watch all three of them again, kind of back to back. Um, and it'd been a little while since they had seen one and two. And uh, actually I took John to go see uh, two. They put two back out in the theaters again in 2015 uh, mm-hmm. when it was the anniversary of when he goes into the future in 2015. And uh, we went to go see that one in the theater. But the kids had seen these movies a while ago. They just didn't necessarily remember a lot of it. So some of it I, I kind of had to remind them a little bit. Um, Nora thought the line was like, at first she didn't know it was meant to be a joke. She didn't quite understand it. The I'll hunt you down and shoot you down like a duck. And I was like, okay, what you probably don't remember is that his other, you know, when he's Biff Tannen, he never gets those lines right. He's like, you make like a tree and get out of here, you know, and it's that yeah. kind of stuff. It's like being able to screen door on yeah. a battleship, right? <laughs> a submarine, you idiot. Um, yeah. But it's, it's when they do those things and when they hit those different beats of like, you know, even if it's not the same person, it's like, what does this look like in the different time <laughs> periods? Um, you know, the, the history kind of repeating itself. To me, that's kind of the most fun of this whole series is to see those beats played out in the different time periods, you know, by yeah. relatives of the same people, you know, still kind of hitting that theme because I think the original theme of the or the idea behind the first one was, you know, like you said, if you went back in time, would you like your own parents? You know, would you mm-hmm. get along with your own parents kind of a deal? And I think that's kind of the fun piece of it is, well, how similar are your ancestors or your descendants, if you go the other way, um, you know, how similar are people going to be? How Stuff is going to get passed down in families. And it's kind of funny to see what traits are passed down in the families, especially for the tannins who can't get a joke right um, and, and constantly covered in manure. Um, you know, and just, it's, it's just fun to see that stuff. And I think they just did such a great job through all three of these movies. And that's one of the reasons why I don't always think, I agree with you, Bo. I don't think when this one gets a bad rap, I don't think that's fair because I think they did a great job of kind of following that through and then doing something new with it. Because in the first two, you're really just jumping back and forth. We went to the future and that was fun. Um, but you're really kind of jumping back and forth between 55 and 85 Um, you know, and this time you go in a completely opposite direction and I'm like, well, at that point, where else are you going to go? Like, you don't want to go too far because then you're like, what are you going to do? You're going to go back to ancient Rome and see like, you know, Biffus Tanninus or something like Mm -hmm. that. And a biggest Biffus is what I'm going to call him. Um, yes, yes. that's it. I have a very good friend in Rome. (laughs) His name is biggest Biffus. (laughs) Um, he hates the name mad dog. Don't call him that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of had to, you had to go, if you're going to go back in time, you had to go a little bit back in time, but you couldn't go too far because then it just kind of gets ridiculous and you can't really follow. You want it to be kind of like close family traits. You want to see like, how could mad dog Tannen, you know, ultimately end up with relatives that end up being Biff Tannen. 
right. or, or Griff Tannen someday and, and right. that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think this movie's fun. Like, I think well, it's... And, yeah. No, go ahead. Go no, ahead. No, Finish go your ahead. sentence. I'm no, sorry. Go ahead. It's a Western. Yeah. And it's funny. And, and what's bringing this is uh, a buddy of mine, um, uh, big into movies, my buddy Kevin and I were talking about it. And he, I, if I have it right, he says, yeah, I wasn't as big of a fan of the, as the third one. I said, oh, really? What? He says, I just don't like Westerns. I'm like, oh, oh, well, at least, you know, if you don't like, a, you know, but it, it occurred to me that, well, this is a Western now, albeit kind of a more comic book mm-hmm. kind of light look at the genre, but yeah, like a cartoonish it's a Western, Western. Yeah. But it's an, a, a, a Western nonetheless. This is something we've talked about. We're looking at this movie in a historical context. What Westerns did you have before this? Right. I mean, not real. Like this was kind of the year. Wasn't this the year of the return of the Western that you had dances with wolves because before mm-hmm. dances with wolves, all you had was, uh, or oh, dances with wolves and, and, um, young guns Two. Young guns too. Young guns mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it wasn't like they were coming out left, right and center. I mean, this was still kind of the right. Wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. This is kind of the onset of the, of the nineties Westerns. Is yeah. it, you know, as you start to get into that, because then after this, you're going to have, I mean, you're going to have a whole bunch of them. You're going to have Tombstone. You're going to have Unforgiven. You're, I mean, you're, you're going to have a whole bunch, Wyatt Earp. Um, right. You know, you'll have a whole bunch of big ones, but it'll still be another couple of years until you right. start to get those. So, yeah, at, at this point in time, it wasn't, it, it was more of a throwback to probably like the movies of the 60s. It's more of a throwback right. to that to say, hey, let's let's make this a Western and that probably at the time, I don't know how much of a risk, but that probably at the time was a bit of a risk to say, hey, let's take this uh, sci-fi movie series that with time yeah. travel and that we just went into the future. And that was really cool. And uh, 50s, you know, everybody in the 80s is nostalgic for the 50s. Let's take it all the way back to the Wild West. Right. And, and I don't know. I mean, I was too young at that point to remember and, and obviously wasn't in the movie industry. So, you know, I don't know if that was that much of a risk at that time. But you're right. There weren't a lot of other western movies to to say yo right. we're we're in the heyday of the western and even like what was on tv like i mm-hmm. think uh you know what was it dr quinn medicine woman came out later in the 90s mm-hmm. yeah right i think it was 90s so i mean like yeah. it wasn't like the western was a big thing and now i mean i'm biased because you know as as we've said before like i grew up watching westerns my dad grew up watching westerns i grew up watching westerns and one of the last conversations i had with my mom is how did I get to watch all the Sergio Leone movies when I was Dominic's age? Like I'm rewatching these now. And she goes, don't even get me started on that. You went down in your grandfather's basement with your grandfather and your dad. And that was because, because she would not let me watch Tom and Jerry. And I'm sitting there watching like Clint Eastwood, you know? So as a kid, when this came out, it was like, and I'm sure we'll get into first time and, and you know, that reaction to that awesome post credit scene and all the, you know, the first time you experience something like that. But uh, yeah, like the Western thing as, as a kid, like I loved Western. So it was just, it's just cool. You know? Yeah. I love it. And it's a doc movie. Yeah. As much as a Marty movie, whereas doc was yes. like in this one, it's okay. Well, how does, you know, how does doc, doc handle love? And, yeah. Yeah. And how cool with the tie-ins with Jules Verne, where it's just like, you know, time travel is bad. He was, you know, and he was always kind of like out of time. He always never, he was always kind of like weird or an outcast or, you know, and all these things. And, and then all of a sudden 
he finds it and he's back in the old West and he's like, just leave me here. I'm happy. Well, they got to go back, but he has the adventure. And then it's just like, you know, throughout the thing, he's like, I'm sorry, I can't stay. I can't bring you with me. You know, it's all this kind of thing. I can't. And then all of a sudden, how does the whole thing wrap up? But it just wraps up of that's what he is. He's totally like, it, it, you know, that awesome thing with the train where that's my role is I'm not supposed to be part of any time. I'm supposed to be this bigger than life sci-fi. You know, I'm supposed to be a Jules Verne character. And I just thought that was just such a cool character arc for Doc going from, you know, that first time you see him get out of the, you know, where he's got the pencil in his mouth, he gets out of the time machine and it's just like, he's out of place. He find I, I like I said, right. It's, it's just so cool. I, I figured full circle. I figured what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about all the time space time? Could, I figured what the heck. What the heck? Yeah. Well, and that, do you guys remember? Did you ever watch the the little animated series they did after this one came out? Yes. Yep. Yeah, I remember watching that, and that, that was a fun because I even as a kid, like I loved, and I've said this before on the show, I love time travel stories. Like I love a good time paradox, time travel. You know, Quantum Leap is one of my favorite shows when it was on. Terminator has always been one of my favorite movies. Um, any that Back to the Future, you know, anything with time travel. I'm a, I'm, I'm a time travel junkie. I love that kind of stuff. Um, and so I remember watching that cartoon as a kid and just thinking, you know, tie that in with this movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, those are his two kids from the end of Back to the Future. That's really cool. So even as a kid, I recognized, I was like, yeah, I know those characters. I didn't know them because what do you see them for? Like, you know, 10 seconds at the end of Back to the Future 3? And I, do they say anything other than hi? And, and, <laughs> and let's be honest, the one's got a creepy look about him. Yeah. He, t- he takes after his dad. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Yeah. Dead eyed mm-hmm. look. I'm like, ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. He's, you know, that kid's doing experiments that are going to get him, you know, seeing a doctor at some point someday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Several therapists will be involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody's going to come back in time for Doc. Doc, something's got to be done about your son. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> what does he become a, yeah. in the future? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And that's what and, and that's and what I always I, I always just, think is, is funny it, about I always think it's funny about Doc is he never looks any different. Whether, nope. right. whether, whether it's 1955, Which 1985. Begs the it's, question. <laughs> Where did Doc really come from? <laughs> right. Right. Or should I say, when mm-hmm. did Doc really come from? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of fun fan theories and stuff out there about mm-hmm. this, you know, with the, with the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, it's it's just cool characters. Have, have you and heard I, the, I, gotta, did, I don't know if I we got, talked about it when we did Back to the Future 2. Did we ever talk about the really dark and grim fan theory about the time travel in these movies? I think yeah, I I think you did. It's did we like talk about that? The one where the one where Marty actually dies all these different times, <laughs> Doc goes back in yep, time yeah. to save him and it's like you have all these timelines that Doc created where there's a dead Marty somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Like ugh. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not cool. But if you think about it, like unlimited do-overs. Right. Yeah. You know, theoretically. Yeah. Ready player one. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, um, uh, a, a thing I got to say, too, and I think I said it for Back to the Future. Michael J. Fox and his physical ability and his acting just to be kind of like 
bouncing off things or running or it just explosive, such a physical actor. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, like running away from the bear and like running and bouncing off things and looking back and just, you know, the, the bar scene where like he's doing the, the, uh, moonwalk and then he's jumping up the bar swinging from the chair and maybe it was a stunt guy i don't know but i mean but even when it's you're sure it's michael j fox just in those things like how he can react or how he runs through doors or jumps through you know when he runs into the stove um the other one i wanted to say oh even falling down the hill like just Mm -hmm. you know you seeing him run from the bear and transition into that and just so good with the physical acting if that's what it's called Mm -hmm. and then um What's the guy that uh, Wilson, Thomas Wilson? Yeah, Thomas F. Wilson. Mm-hmm. Thomas F. Wilson, um, who featured, I will say, in Gar- in uh, Legends of Tomorrow, featured heavily in season three. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember that. I, I'm not sure if, where you guys are if you've watched it, but he did a really good job in that. Nice. And uh, being Legends of Tomorrow, they kind of threw some shout outs to Back to the Future in a pretty cool way with him, too, which was which was fun. But him playing Mad Dog, like, I mean, Biff is always going to be Biff. And Griff was fun. But I don't know the stuff that he did with Mad Dog. Like when Marty yells at him, hey, lighten up, jerk. And the first thing he does <laughs> is like, at each other like look, he looks at his guys. And like the way he does it was, I mean, just on his face, like it was like, okay, I don't know what to do with that. Like yeah. what, you know, it, and it's yeah. it's just those looks that he can he throw he is so good mm-hmm. as as mad dog you know you thought wrong dude and he <laughs> shoots him and he's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> and when he's walking down yeah. the street after shooting down like, uh thank Queen you Eastwood. <laughs> thank you thank you he's like bowing yeah. to the crowd and yeah i yeah. know um well, and what I love, and that's kind of jumping to the end of the movie, but what I love about that whole scene is how it's a throwback to when he was in the alternate 1985 and he's watching, you know, stepdad Biff is in the hot tub with the two girls and they're watching the Clint Eastwood movie and it's the exact same thing. And yep. I love how that's, you know, especially because, and I was going to bring this up too, especially because if you saw this originally, and I don't know if you guys saw the Back to the Future 2 in the theater, I remember seeing that in the theater with my family and then you only had to wait a few months before this one came yeah, out. Yeah, it wasn't uh, – they did not make you wait long. It no. was awesome. Yeah, two was uh, two came out, I think, Thanksgiving week. Um, and so if you saw that – we probably saw it in like either end of November, December. We probably saw it in December. And then you only had to wait until May. You know, typically yeah. if, you're, if you're waiting for a sequel, it's going to take you a couple of years at that point, probably two or three years easily for a sequel to come out back then. Um, but they, you know, specifically filmed those back to back so that they would be able to be able to come out a whole lot sooner. And that to me was just so much fun. And then just be able to see something yeah. like that followed through. And you wouldn't, if, if you didn't remember that about, it was such a small detail in back to the future too. You wouldn't have remembered that unless you probably saw these pretty close to each other. Right. Yeah. And then just remembering that like, Oh, that's, he saw his descendant watching that movie. And he, yeah, that's totally, that's yeah. awesome. That's great. I, I'm, I'm just going to, I just want to say, I mean, and I'm, like I said, I'm going scattershot with this. Uh, uh, speaking of scattershot, how about the little uh, 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 shotgun things in the, in the <laughs> duck or chick or, or uh, yeah. rabbit? I think it was, Yeah. you know, um, yeah. he's a, he spits you know, out the little pellets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, and the water. The, the water. water. Mm-hmm. The water. The look on his face is so good. Yeah. That was, oh, it, was the, the, it was the same look on Nora's face. She's like, what are they drinking? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> That's water. No, it's not. And then, and then fast forward to like the bartender. What'll it be? Stranger says, mm-hmm. uh, ice water. You want water? Go stick your head in a horse trough. And here we drink whiskey. And it like lights up on the bar. <laughs> Just like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, it's. Uh, 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 you, and, then I, you, I, and then fast forward a little bit to when Doc comes in to order a drink. He's like, you want what you had last time? He's like, no, I'm going to need a little something harder this time. Sarsaparilla. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We only serve whiskey in here unless you're the doc. Unless you're doc. Give yeah. you a sarsaparilla. Remember what happened on yeah. the 4th of July. I know. I want that story now. Yeah. Well, Doc yelled yeah. Barracuda. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. And those guys that they those guys that they packed in there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the guys that are always sitting at the table. Here's to you, blacksmith. <laughs> Gentlemen, I'm sorry. I have to return to the future. But, <laughs> you know, here's to you, blacksmith. Run for fun, <laughs> Pat. And now, now that I ever since I've known you, whenever I hear that line in the movie, I always think of you. <laughs> Run for fun. What kind of what the heck kind of fun <laughs> okay, is that? There it is. <laughs> yeah, and they have automobile, and then the whole buildup. Mm-hmm. But it's such a great buildup to how many did he have? The yeah. one, just he's, the one. Now there's a guy that can't hold his liquor. Yeah. That's his first. He just likes to hold it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. But just so well, you Mm -hmm. know, packed in all those guys, you know, all the different facets and 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 all that. Do you know that? Okay, so when we got these and uh, I'm going to, you know, uh, uh, John, I'd love to hear, you know, your thoughts with sharing them with your with your kids. I watched this with Dominic and I and and it's funny because like we watched the first one. And as always, you know, I recommend a movie and it's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to like this dad. Okay, well, give it five minutes and, you know, we can turn it off. And it was like he was hooked. And it's funny because Daniela was out and I wasn't sure if she this was about a year or so ago. And I wasn't sure if she was old enough. And I'm, I'm kind of toying with it now just because I want to rewatch him. She came wandering in and the car comes home. And it was the first movie right when Doc is up on the top of the building and he has to rappel down. And all of a sudden, Daniela came home and I hit pause. And I'm like, I, you know what, buddy? We got to hold it here. And Dominic looked at me and he's like, <laughs> he almost gave me this look like, you're kidding me. He's like, stop. I can't. Like, what? I can't play. So then no Daniela. Yeah. So we watched it. And then it was like, when can we watch the second? And when can we watch the third? Like, he got so hooked into these. And then after the end of the third one, he's like, where's the fourth? Well, there's no fourth. Why, why did they stop? Like in his mind, he was like, why, why did they stop? Like, it's such a good, and he, and he picked up on like Jurassic Park when I asked him, he's like, the original was the best dad. The second one, it was cool. Cause you see dinosaurs and all that. And that was, and the third one was okay. There's different breeds of dinosaurs, but it just didn't have the same. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty, you know, as a kid picking up that, you know, he's like the story just wasn't the same as the first, but these, he was just like, these are such good stories, you know, and and he just got that sense of fun that is so prevalent in this whole thing, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and and credit to the wisdom of the director and the producer and the writers to not take this so far to where you get to the point of like a Jurassic Park 2. 
mm-hmm. it's right. like, well, because you've got the, I mean, as with almost anything, you've got the diminishing returns. And mm-hmm. I, I do feel, and I know some people, like we've said, some people kind of give this one a hard time. But I'm like, no, I, I really think you you ended Back to the Future on a high note. Like, mm-hmm. you, you had fun with it. You went to, you know, the different eras. If you wanted to see, like I said earlier, if you wanted to see the different generations of a person's family that would have had the most impact on them, you've seen the ones that would have had the most impact. Like, you, I don't think you can go too much further back beyond the Old West and say that more than 100 years ago, those ancestors, like, really had an impact on, the, on, on our family currently. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the further back you get, it just seems like it's, it's too far. Um, and I think, you know, had they gone, that's where the cartoon was fun. Because then they could go to ancient Rome. They could do all kinds of other stuff. And it was, it was kind of a low risk. It was a cartoon. So it was, it was low risk. It wasn't a big production. Um, you could do some probably crazier things in a cartoon than you could in a movie. Um, you know, so I, I think they ended it at a good time that they didn't, you know, it, it didn't get to that point where, you know, Dominic might have watched a Back to the Future 4 going, well, the right. first three were good. <laughs> yeah. But, right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. No, they. I think they had a really well thought out movie. Like, do you have a story to tell? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Is this going to just be warmed over? No. Is this going to be focusing on, like, is the whole thing going to be just about the car and the tech? Like, Jaws was just about the shark? No. There's going to be a little bit of that, you know. No, this was a great movie. I don't know what the – I'm looking at you, Flick Metrics. I don't know what everyone was talking about with, uh, uh, you know, with that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, the 71%? Yeah, that's yeah. like – unless it's out of 70. If it's a 71 out of 70, I'm okay, man. But It's out of 88. I'm, yeah, that's yep. – that's. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I want to just ask, like, do you guys remember when – you found out there was going to like, did you see back to the future two in the theaters? Mm-hmm. Yes. So the first, you had the first post. Oh, no, that's not true. The second post credit scene I can ever remember. Yeah. What was the first one? The first was Skeletor at the end of master of the universe. Yep. Master oh. of the universe. Yeah. Because okay. we always, we made it. And I still do. Whenever we go to a movie, I don't care what movie it is. I don't care if it's yeah. a Yahoo serious movie. Um, yeah. We stay through the end credits and I, and, and, even sometimes the kids will be like, "Can we go?" Like, no, we're staying through no. to the end. But there's not. You Skeletor. Look, right. You looked it up on the internet. There's not a scene after the end. I'm like, I know. I'm just paying respect to the people who made this movie. We're gonna sit through until the last name yeah. gets scrolled up on Ooh. that screen. And and but I remember that as a kid, we that was my dad's thing. Was like, unless it was a really bad movie and he just absolutely hated it, we were staying through. You know, to the very end of the credits. And mm-hmm. um, same with sports stuff. Like we don't ever leave a sports event early. Like that's he never liked it when people did that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I remember that. And so because of that, I, uh, apart from some of my friends, like I was the only one. I was like, guys, did you see that at the end of Masters of the Universe? Did you see? There's going to be another movie. His head popped up, and he said, "I'll be back." And mm-hmm. and then when we stayed at the end of the Back to the Future two credits, then all of a sudden it was, boom! I'm like, wait, yeah, is the movie not over? Are we? Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> oh Double my gosh! Feature? And I can still <laughs> yeah. and that that was that was the first because I, I hadn't didn't see Masters of the Universe, so this was my first this was my first experience. Uh, you know, this is you know here's Pat Canigallo sitting in the you know in the movie thing. Back to the Future Two gets done. It's the cliffhanger. It's like what well, what happened? And then all of a sudden Marty comes back and you know you know comes back and the music and Doc and 
doc faints and it's just like, Oh my gosh, what is he going to do now? And you're, you know, I'm old enough for my brain racing. Like, well, the car is over here and you know, what's all of a sudden I remember the credits roll. And then all of a sudden you get that, that where the camera is where Marty walks into town and the camera pulls up and that's what the trailer was where you're looking over Hill Valley and it's just, and, and I think they started the music with the, you know, they play the back to the future thing on the, on the harmonica. Holy buckets. When that trailer took off, I remember, I can remember my heart beating so fast. I'm like, when is this going to come out? Because I don't know if I can sustain excitement for this long. Like it was, it was so awesome when they, when they threw that trailer up there. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's outstanding. It's out. It's outstanding. It was just a stroke of genius when they introduced this movie. Yeah. They they really planned it well and executed it well because you didn't. They had done a good enough job where you hadn't really heard that they were doing it. Yeah. But then, boom! You're like, <sighs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're and you're right, John, because like you said, it was kind of kind of bouncing between. Okay the future and the past. And at that point, like now 1955 is that many more years away, but back then it was really only 30 years away. So they're kind of bouncing within this thing. And then all of a sudden it's like the old West. And I got to say too, and I I do want to go back and rewatch it and just see how they changed the music when they get to the old West, because that theme Da, 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 da. I mean, it's an old, that is a, well, Mm -hmm. you got, you know, Alan Sylvester is Alan Sylvestri, right? I don't want to. Yeah. No, it's Alvin, uh, Alvin, Alvin Sylvester. Alvin, Alvin Sylvester. Alvin Sylvester. I mean, yeah. did you know, a, he's did obviously a, one of the I mean, name guys. Theodore is a hit too. Yes. That's right. And, and they actually did a lot of movies with uh, Debbie Marshall. I was going to say, is this the yeah. Debbie Marshall? Yeah, Debbie, Debbie Marshall, I think was her name. That might go down in history as the, like, who's on first bit. <laughs> I played that for Tammy and Tammy had a side stitch. She's like, what are you guys talking? Wait, no, Penny, hold on a second. <laughs> and then Albert. Yeah. Simon. And then I the whole, know. and then the whole part. And then Bowen, it all comes. Oh, I know who I was thinking of. Steven Spielberg. And Dennis <laughs> is like, Steven Spielberg. Like that was, the, you could. Yes. The, the composer of this movie is Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Okay. But I mean, that is like a legit Western theme. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. is that is that is wicked awesome. And uh, when he goes back in time, like that's the part where they kind of segue into the new music. And uh, when he goes back in time, and you know, he goes through the he goes through the thing, and and don't worry, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally. When you get back there, it, well, yeah, yeah I got a, I idiot. got a real problem with that. <laughs> yeah, you know, he he refers to them as Indians. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I'm. I'm, we're recording this in you know 2020, so the Native Americans are coming, mm-hmm. and I, I know you get a little bit of the dun 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 music, but there's this one thing when when it when it shows the car driving away, and it's so exciting, like watching this car like dune buggying it over these things, thinking what kind of a ride is that guy getting in there? The music, it's just this little background uh, little lick, but it's this this real quick string thing, and it's like man, seeing that car bounce over the hills is 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 it's just as exciting like listening to this little lick that they're playing mm-hmm. uh with that so i mean uh, uh, again i think the music really just helped sell this thing as a legit western because i mean it was it was cool it was cool it was cool music 
I'm going to I'm going to back up for a second to the end of Back to the Future 2 because when you when you brought it up, I have had a difficult time watching that and not because watching it as a kid it was like very dramatic because you thought Doc had just died. Um, you know, right. at, at the end. Now watching it as an adult, I have a problem watching it because whenever the Western Union man walks up to Marty, mm-hmm. I always think of the Eagle Man commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Is your name Marty yeah. McFly? Well, I've got something for you. <laughs> I can't. I can't separate those. those at it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at those Look at low rates. rates. <laughs> Anybody not from Chicago probably has no idea what we're talking about, but it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We'll have to put a link to that up on our. Okay. As as I was reading up on some stuff, and I had heard this one before, and I had actually thought of this before. Um, let me let me throw a little wrench into the whole uh, time paradox thing. I don't think they needed to go through the whole thing with the train. Yeah. Because technically, Marty came back in his DeLorean and nicked the fuel line and all the fuel leaked out. And that was the that was really the only problem. Everything else on it was working fine. They had the fuel. Right. Well, Doc still has the other DeLorean that he just put in the in the well in the mine. Right. Which, which should still have fuel in it. And they could just take the right. parts that Marty had installed in the 50s transfer right. to the other DeLorean and it should have been right. fine. So I was reading that the other day. I was like, huh? huh? Yeah. I mean, then you don't get the whole thing with the train and that, that's the most fun part of the movie almost. But right. Yeah. And I suppose right. you don't know how much gas was left in it, but there should have been mm-hmm. enough to do what they needed to do. Right. So unless yeah. doc, unless doc drained the fuel. Well, that's true. Well, I, storage, you might have. Maybe, maybe doc wasn't thinking four dimensionally. Yeah. So, because I mean, I suppose the gas just sitting in there couldn't technically be bad, except if you had some sort of a. Well, it could rust. Yeah. It could rust through the tank. Yeah. 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 He'd only been there. Well, I mean, he'd only been there for a few months, I guess. Yeah. Well, but he was. Remember, he was putting it to store for a long time. Right. Right. So he might have had to drain. He, he might have drained it. That's true. Yeah. And and yeah. and you know, I know that they get that with the movies. You know, you kind of set the the rules of science to fit or not science, but uh, you know what I'm saying? To kind of fit the movie, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to take the fuel line and then cause something to disappear. And, you know, right. Right. But it is fun. Remember to, to remember to remember to put the trash totally. can right here. That's right. <laughs> remember to go back remember, in time and hide the keys. <laughs> remember right. a garbage can. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, um, I'll tell you when we got these, I got the collector's box, whatever from the library when we checked this out. And I don't know, have you guys watched through like the, the commentaries and all the featurettes and the specials and some Years. of them? I don't yeah. know. Years I don't ago. know if I've seen commentary for this one. I've seen commentary yeah. on the other two it, for sure. It, it's awesome. And maybe it's awesome for every movie, but for these, like I just was like, okay, I'm rewatching. Like I think I watched the movie like when we last had it two or three times, like each of them for okay, this guy's commentary and this guy's commentary and this guy's commentary. And and they were talking about this, uh, this film, they said, um, you know, they talked about, and you can see it like the set, the set for this one is pretty darn cool. I mean, I think they got like a whole, I mean, a pretty much like a whole little town made. And it's funny, you're talking about the train, they were talking about just trying to get the timing, where Doc said, if we can push this up to 88 miles an hour, you know, and the train pulls into view. And it was like one of those things that I think they had like a locomotive built for this or they had some, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
but just some of the things that they had to do to kind of get that realistic shot. And it's, it's cool. Yeah. They actually, Ronald Reagan was, a, have you guys heard this about Ronald Reagan? Mm-mm. No. At yeah, the this t- is a good one. Yeah. Do you know, have you heard this one? President, yeah. President Reagan was a big fan of the series. Yeah. Supposedly back to the future was screened in there and, you know, and they were all kind of worried how he was going to react when they said Ronald Reagan, the actor, you know, and he thought it was funny. They actually reached out and asked if he could play the mayor and they were going to have Ronald Reagan be the town mayor. But it was one of those things that it actually got a little bit of traction, like, holy cow, this could work. But then it kind of got quashed. I, you know, I think, it, it just, I don't know if it was one of those things like, yeah, this week. Um, but I mean, you know, he was, he wasn't the president. I mean, no, cause that was 1990. Right. Yeah. So yeah. no, he wasn't the president. No, anymore. but he was, he was deep into his, uh, mm-hmm. dotage at that point. Yeah. Anyways, they said it didn't work, but that, that could have been pretty cool. Have that would have been Reagan. a lot of fun. That could have been pretty cool. And who's the vice president, Jerry Lewis. Uh, Welcome to the Wild West Saloon Where it's always morning in America (laughs) Oh, this is a great movie Yeah, it is All right, well, before we jump into our three questions Do we have anything else we want to say about Back to the Future 3? Other than it's really fun (laughs) Oh, why, uh, why his mom uh, there's no reason his mom should look like maggie mcfly yeah that's on the paternal side of his family that doesn't make sense but i love how they treated this series as almost like a a play with a troop of players and these are the Mm -hmm. characters we have Mm -hmm. so you're gonna you know Mm -hmm. this is how it's gonna be so or or, i like that but it is kind of funny that yeah or the mcfly men have a type well, there is that, I suppose. There you go. <laughs> right. Right. Hey, McFly. They, they have a type, and the type is Leah Thompson. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's funny because even that, he was like, you're my, you're my, who are you? Yeah. You know, like he was, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, and and I forgot to ask, he looked up, he says he had a great grandfather named William, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the, and that was the, the baby. That was the, the baby, baby that peed on him, yeah. Okay, and then, but then, would it would it have been his great? It was great great grandmother. Uncle was the one that had the temper problem, yeah, like him. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Martin. Ah, Martin. <laughs> God rest his soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah, really, just a well done movie, and uh, I mean. And how awesome having Lubick play the, the you know, and, and the part where he looks down at his kid and remember that son discipline. I'm just like, that's so cool. Yeah. Here's my sports reference for that guy. And I should know his name, but you know how you said he kind of plays the same guy in every movie. Mm-hmm. That's totally like, you know, some of those teams that just say, we're going to draft the best players that we have. And if this guy comes available, we're getting that guy. I don't care if we need a running back or not. This guy's so awesome. We're going to bring him in because he's a playmaker like that. That guy is like, I don't care what movie you're making. I don't care if you're making a, you know, a romantic comedy. 
you need that guy. If you can get that guy in your movie, you put him in and write the role around it because that guy is just so awesome at doing his thing. You know? Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. And I love all the lines. <laughs> just the way, you know, you, you mentioned when, uh, when Marty says some of the lines like lighten up jerk and they don't know quite what to do with whatever it was he just said. They're like, mm-hmm. what does that even mean? I, I love yeah. every single time I've watched this. I just, I love how he thinks that the name Clint Eastwood is going to carry so much weight. I know. And he's like Eastwood Clint Eastwood what kind of stupid name is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or later on, he's like, they're going to say that Clint Eastwood is the biggest yellow belly in the West. <laughs> That's right. That's uh, right. Oh, and then, I, and then I, just, and, I love all the little stuff that they throw in. You know, at the very, very end, if you're not paying attention, you may have completely missed that it's Eastwood Ravine when he gets mm-hmm. back to 1985. Yep. And it's been right it's not It's not Clayton Ravine anymore. It's Eastwood Ravine. And that actually, that story of why it's called Clayton Ravine, that got such a laugh out of John. Yeah. When it was like, yeah, a yeah. hundred years ago, a teacher fell into that ravine, and we all knew the story because we all had teachers we kind of wished would. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and the three movies integrate so well. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, and I'll tell you, with some of the movies we've been doing, I've had to rework my top ten movie list because it's just like, why is this just you know? But these movies, like, they integrate so well into each other, and it's amazing because when you look at it, everything he's done really fits within like a 24 hour period really for mm-hmm. his timeline, mm-hmm. you know, cause he goes and then he comes back and then the next day doc picks him up and then he comes back. Well, so 48 hours. Cause then the next day he comes back and then he leave and then he comes back and then that's when he, well, he's picking up on the drag race with needles, which is a continuation of the thread from, you know, the second movie. Mm-hmm. And then, and then Biff goes back to being the guy that his dad knocked out. And it's funny. He goes, hey, Marty. Oh, okay. You're doing a Western thing. Cool. Nice outfit. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah. 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 Just, just, just well done movies. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. They were, they were firing on all, firing on all cylinders when they made these. All right. Time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. May God have mercy on all of our souls. All right, so three questions this time around. Question number one, if you could go back in time and meet one of your ancestors, who or what era would you visit? I think I would have liked to met my grandfather as a younger man. Okay. Um, he served in World War II, and I feel like, you know, you hear some of the stories, but it just being there and seeing some of that would have been would have been cool. Well, where did he serve? Uh, France and England. Mostly. Okay. Um, he was a 
uh, supply major. Okay. The uh, <laughs> the one story he didn't talk about it a lot, but the one story he loved to tell. If you've ever seen the movie Patton, mm-hmm. there's a scene where General Patton has ordered oranges mm-hmm. for his troops. He, my grandfather swore, and eh, there's some debate about this. Don't get me wrong. My grandfather swore that that order went across his desk at one point. Okay. Sure. Travels. Yeah. So. Cool. Nice. Very cool. Patrick, what about yourself? I, you know, I'm going to take a page out of, out of, out of Bo's book. Um, you know, I, I guess my most, without saying everybody, I'd have to say everybody, but I think that what I would say is um, my grandparents. You know, I would like to see my grandparents you know, when they were my age and that changes like five years from now, I would say the same thing, you know, 10 years ago, I would have said this, but I think any one of my grandparents, um, at that, at that point, that's who I would have liked to have seen. Um, I suppose if I had to narrow it down, like I knew three of my grandparents, I never knew my, my mom's dad. So that would have been fun to actually meet him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say them. Um, otherwise, you know, going back and, you know, my great grandmother came over, um, you know, came over almost pretty much kind of like you'd say as a refugee when she was like 12 or 13 from Italy and, um, you know, without her family, she came over by herself. The family kind of knew the family that was going to be over here that they could kind of get her in with and, and all that kind of stuff. So I guess that would have been fun to, 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 you know, see how that, that went when she came over when she was like 12 or 13, or maybe some of the Irish that left during the, you know, the, well, it's referred to as a famine, but, you know, I think we're kind of proving out now that it's, it was a little bit more of like a genocide that was kind of going on there, but uh, having to leave um, and, and see what that was like. And, you know, they made their way all the way to Minnesota, you know, um, so now I'm just getting ramp. I'm rambling. So basically I'm saying basically my whole family history. So to bring it back into focus, I suppose I would say my grandparents, you know, as, as younger people, maybe my age, maybe even younger than my age, um, to do all that. So, yeah, yeah. I like Bo's answer and the way he said it. So that's <laughs> pretty cool. What about you, John? Yeah, mine would be, um, we cut because as we do sometimes we you know, can I ask the three questions while we're having dinner and um, you know each of the kids you know said something totally different you know Nora um, she had mentioned because uh, she knows that Sharon's dad uh, when he was alive um, he was uh, an eye doctor so and he loved you know all things science and we have a lot of you know science books and things like that left over from uh, from his library. So Nora, being the science nerd that she is, she wanted to to be able to go back in time and, and be able to meet him. Uh, John had said um, either he wanted to meet my dad when he was younger, um, or when we reminded him that um, his great grandfather, my grandfather, had been um, a basketball player in uh, I think he might have even been a basketball player in college, but at the very least, you know, middle school, high school, he played basketball. He loved basketball um you know everything everything basketball you know absolutely loved everything loved every team really didn't care who he was watching as long as it was basketball um so those were kind of some of john's answers mine i would really i would love to go back because i feel like i 
I've heard a lot of stories about the one grandfather, the basketball playing grandfather when he was younger. Um, my other grandfather, my dad's dad, um, I've heard different stories. I just would be curious to go back and see this because I obviously I only know I only knew him as as an older person um, when he was, let's say, thirteen. Might have been even younger than that, but when he was, th- and I might have mentioned this in the podcast before, um, when he was younger, you know, his his dad passed away when he was very young, and so basically his mom kind of told some of the older boys, you know, I, I think his older brother was about sixteen, um, and lied about his age to join the military, um, and then she kind of you know took took the kids aside, and and if you were older than thirteen, I think she kind of said, look, I can't take care of all of you because I want to say there were like six boys. Um, and it was kind of depression era. And, uh, she said, look, I I can't take care of all of you. So, um, oldest ones go earn your living. And so basically at like age 13 or 14, he was pretty much told, go, you know, go do something. (laughs) I I can't take care of all of you. I can't feed all of you. So just go. And, um, not like he didn't ever see his mother again, but that was just kind of the, you know, go out and, and do something with your life. And, um, at age 13 or 14, and we have some old clippings of this. He was advertised in newspapers around um, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, and Texas as Johnny Reed Boy Evangelist. Um, so he would go around to churches, and if your church was needing a little bit of inspiration, he would uh, come and deliver a fiery sermon to your church and kind of jumpstart your uh, your church's youth group. Um, wow. And so that was his at like age 13 or 14. That was his what deal. What this town needs is a monorail. I, basically, yes. <laughs> wow. John, and it's Johnny, cool, Johnny Reed, boy evangelist. Yep. And so we, have some of the, cool. so we have some of the old newspaper clippings of a picture of him as like a 13, 14-year-old kid um, in the wow. newspaper and advertised that if you want him to come to your church, uh, he would do that. And, uh, you know, wow. he'd, he'd help start a revival. At your church, if that's what uh, if that's what you were looking for, so he would just he, and that's kind of how he took care of himself. Is he would travel around, and then as he'd go to the different churches, you know, somebody in the church or the preacher, whoever would would put him up in their house for a few days, you know, feed him, you know, maybe pay him a little bit of money, but he'd go around and and he'd kind of you know give give the the kind of youth groups of the churches ideas for like how to you know get more people to come how to talk to people how to you know do that kind of stuff how to organize things and actually one of those is where as he was traveling around one of the ones that he went to in Oklahoma uh, the church youth group was actually run at the time by another 14 year old who a few weeks later he would end up getting engaged to and married at age 15 um, and that was my grandmother so that's how he met my grandmother, ah, and and they interesting, they, and they courted over letters for about I don't know five weeks, eight weeks, something like that. They'd write letters back and forth. He met her there, but then he had to move on to like another church. But they wrote letters back and forth for about I think it was about eight weeks, um, and then after that he came back and they got married at age fifteen, and my dad was born when they were sixteen. So. Huh. So I would be curious. I only know him as, you know, a, a much, much older person. Um, so I would be curious to see, you know, what he was like when he was Johnny Reed boy evangelist. Yeah. Heck yeah. I'd, I'd never seen that side of him. So cool. And, and, and now when you knew him, say that again, you knew him as kind of what age and what? Well, I mean, he was obviously when, when I was born, you know, he was probably what he's probably in his fifties. Okay. When I was yeah. born. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I obviously very young because he, when my dad was born when he was 16 and then, um, right. And then okay. let's see, I think I was born when my parents were about 26. So, yeah. Okay. yeah. Wow. And yeah, did you know about cool. Boy Evangelist when you were, when he was still alive or? I, on the, on the tail end of it, you know, I think his last few okay. years, his last few years, um, we, you know, we'd go, we'd go visit and we'd talk to him. He had had several strokes, so, and, okay. he, and he couldn't really hear very well anymore. So conversations were a little tough at that point. Um, and I think it wasn't until we were kind of at that point that we had learned that somebody had, somebody knew these stories, but they hadn't really seen any of it. So they didn't have, you know, not that we thought they were making it up, but um, we didn't see any proof of it until somebody had been going through some papers and found the old newspaper clippings of the advertisement. Um, you know, if you wanted to, if you want to contact him, you had to like write letters to this or, or whatever. And, um, okay. you know, to reach out to him, but yeah, so I wasn't able to really get too much more information. And at this point, anybody else in the family who would know more about it is not alive anymore. So it's kind of, okay. you know, we've, we've got what we've got and you know, it's, that's about all the story we have. So that'd be something where I'd, I'd be curious to, if I could go back in time, I'd, I'd like to see that piece of it in person. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. So that'd be my answer. Um, Sharon said uh, her answer was her grandparents, uh, her grandmother's parents. Um, so they came over or really kind of any of the family that came over from another country. Like she said, I would like to go back in time. I'd like to find out like, why did they come over? Like, what was their reason from coming? You know, everybody's got their own story for why they left uh, their home country and came to America. She's like, I just would be curious to know what, what was their reason? Like, were mm-hmm. they, were they looking for a better opportunity? Were they running away from something? Were they, you know, what, what was going on there? So, you know, just be curious to mm-hmm. kind of know what was the reasoning behind we're going to uproot our entire lives and move across the world. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we, we always get asked questions about that. Cause we have a, we have a photograph that's up in the corner of our living room, kind of back behind the, the chair that Sharon has in the living room. And it's um, uh, Siegfried and Fanny Lagerstrom is the photograph. And people always ask like, who is that? Like, why do you have the, it's like a really old picture. And it's like, yeah, those are the, like the great grandparents and the, um, but, uh, yeah. And, uh, that was, that was kind of her thing. She's like, you know, I really, I'd just like to know why they came over. Right. And, and when, what time period did they come over? Um, they would have been, let's see, they probably would have been very, maybe very late. 1800s maybe early 1900s okay. i'd have to ask her about it yeah got it um you know what actually no it, it probably would have been because i think her grandmother was born i'm gonna mess up the year i think it was probably in the 1920s and i think that they came over probably actually one of the stories i think was that the the mother was pregnant when they came over so okay. it was actually probably closer to the 1920s then okay yeah i'm, I'm probably getting cool. some of my dates wrong but yeah, I, I think that's about when it was. Yeah. So even that, like, we've heard that story before, and we're like, really? You you, you want to take a, a cross, an a, a oceanic, trans-oceanic <laughs> boat voyage yeah. while you're pregnant? Like, that's not. Yeah. And this, this ain't. Wouldn't this normally opt like, for that. And you're right. And this is not like 2020 boats. Well, uh, maybe we want to say 2017 boats, you know, or 2018 well, yeah. boats. 2019, 2020 boats are, you know. Right, little, right. You know, schools, but I get, right. you, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Wow. That's wouldn't be my preference, thing. but you know, yeah. So, 
All right, question number two. If you're going to, well, because you got to do it with some style. If you're going to build a time machine, what vehicle would you use? I am, I am torn on this um, because my initial instinct was to make it nice and big and comfy, like a big old Durango, something <laughs> you could settle in on. And so you wouldn't have such low ground clearance that you'd make the fuel line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. But then I was like, nah, but it'd be so cool to make it out of a big old beast of a challenger. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just have it growl yeah. when it gets up to 88 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. Or it just, but I think practically for a time machine, you want something with a little more ground clearance. Just mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I I kind of I, I you know I gave this thought way this question way too much thought, but uh, my thing was I I would want something depending if you're going what time period you're going I would want something you could get into the air, right? Like I immediately mm -hmm. thought of like you'd want to make it something like the Wave Rider in Legends of Tomorrow, mm -hmm. where you know it and maybe this is a little too on the nose, but it's kind of like a spaceship. And so you can kind of like fly and, you know, if you had a whole fabrication room, which again, spoilers for the show, but depending if you've seen it or not, but I mean, the idea that they have a fabrication, it's awesome. But like, you know, you in the supercomputer that can kind of help you figure out problems and like, that would kind of be the way to go. I think that would be the safest, you know, um, something that can fly and, and, and turn itself invisible and so forth and all that. Now, if the wave rider is too on the nose and we're talking like vehicles, then, you know, yeah, I mean, something practical, probably I, I'd almost say something like the tumbler in Batman, which I don't uh, know, if, or, or Dark Knight or Batman Begins, you know, or whatever, um, which again is, I, I mean, a fictional vehicle answering it, something like that that could, you know, be more rugged speed, you know, I think that thing could do okay getting up to 88 miles an hour and Basi all that. Basically, so you could mow down the cavalry. I, that's that's <laughs> that that would pretty much be it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think I would say something like that. I mean, it would be it would be like outstanding to say, you know, the new Corvette. But eh, I I think you need I I think you need something that you know could fly, get you out of trouble, hang. You don't have to land it anywhere. It could, yeah, I think you know. So something like the Wave Rider would be the uh, yeah would be the way to go. So now I'm picturing the Tumbler, and I'm trying to match that up with that uh, Ray. Was that Ray Bradbury story, uh, the Sound of Thunder, when they have these safaris that go back in time to shoot the dinosaurs? And, yes. And somebody accidentally, it's the whole thing of like if you accidentally step on a butterfly in prehistoric times and you change yes. all of history and it, yeah. So, former former uh, host of the show, Jason. It's like a short story, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I used to teach that one all the time in language arts. Okay, class, yeah. You guys probably it's yeah. well. You guys, I don't know if you guys were on a team together or what, but we, yeah, you were, at one point we were. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, and he like he like he goes way back in time, and he steps mm -hmm. like there's like here's the path you must step on, and he yep. steps on like an amoeba, yeah. and wipes out everything yeah. or something, like you know. And the the Simpsons actually had a funny episode where they made fun of that. One time where, okay. where Homer gets, he keeps going back in time and he accidentally steps on something and he's like, ah, and then he comes back forward in time and everything's different. And he's like, yeah. all right, I got to go back and fix this. So he tries to keep going back. And every time he goes back, he accidentally steps on something else. And, <laughs> and it keeps like everything just keeps changing and it's never right. 
And yeah. finally, he goes back in time, and he's just so fed up. He takes a baseball bat and just starts smashing everything. Yeah. And and then you like it jumps to the you see the the present time, and like it just keeps changing. Like their house will change into like the Flintstones house, and then it's an underwater house, and then it's a, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. But I'm, yeah. I'm picturing I'm picturing you in the tumbler, and I'm like, okay, so wait, when you go back in time, you're not <laughs> supposed to step on anything. You've got the tumbler. Where you can like go into like you know missile activated mode, you slide down and you can start firing <laughs> off missiles. And I, am not sure that's that awesome. that fits with the sound of thunder premise. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's can, hilarious. When, when you absolutely positively must kill every butterfly in the room. <laughs> that's right, man. That's like when uh, Doc. What uh, when I go back in time? You know that this this back Marty. It doesn't matter. You'll drive mm-hmm. through whatever's back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. And well, I use that. Oh, yeah. I use the thinking fourth dimension only line all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great line. Yeah. I've got a real problem with that. <laughs> well, I think mine. So I, I went for a real world vehicle and I just, I love the. My answer was almost going to be the boring answer of duh, a DeLorean. <laughs> right. There it is. But I was like, okay, you know what? Let's, Let's take the DeLorean and let's improve on it just a little bit, maybe. Let's go a little mm-hmm. bit more modern car, but what can we get that's modern, has a few more amenities to it, but still kind of looks like the DeLorean? So I think I got to go with the Tesla Model X. Yes. So I don't have to worry about the fuel because it's got the electricity, and I'm sure Doc can figure out some way to rig that up. So all we got to do is hit it with 1.21 gigawatts. We got Mr. Fusion, right. We got Mr. Fusion. We've got Lightning. You know, as long as we got all that stuff, I'm sure we can figure out some way to to supercharge this deal. Um, You know, but I looked it up real quick. I'm like, you know what? It's got about 350 miles per charge. Um, It's got a whole bunch of – you can take extra people with you because it's actually got a back seat. Um, You know, it has a whole bunch of different stuff. It was that was my one answer. My backup answer was an RV. So like you can actually you, you've got a place to stay. Um, sure. We then pointed out that you would need to have some way to camouflage said RV because if you were to go to like ancient Rome, it would be a little awkward. Um, you know, to to drive into. Uh, Going to visit your friend in Rome. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, biggest biffus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, so yes, I think I got to go to the Tesla Model X. Yeah. Well although, although with the batteries, you, you did see when Doc says, I got you extra batteries for your walkie talkies. And it was like a, a, mm-hmm. a party pack of. So, yeah. you know, I, I'd hate to see your Tesla after it had to be sitting in the mineshaft, like equipped with 1950s batteries mm-hmm. like that might just be the. It's all right. You, just, you know, plug in a whole bunch of nine volts and you're good to go. That's it. That's it. That'd be cool. That's good thinking, you know, with the Tesla. So question number three. What is the strongest drink you've ever had? And your answer can't be sarsaparilla. Now, naturally, I did. I did tell the children they were not eligible to answer this one. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for obvious reasons. But right, right. Well, <laughs> I would have to say a Long Island iced tea. Okay. A really, really large one that I was poured once many, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was rough. Okay. Yeah. Is <laughs> a little bit more, a little bit more longer on the island and less on the iced tea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the infamous Prairie Fire. You're not going with that one. 
that might be the worst drink I've ever had. <laughs> I won't say it was the strongest the, drink I've ever had. <laughs> the, the strongest tasting drink you've ever had. That oh, is man. true. Mm. Oh. Oh. I still tell that story. That that was a shot with a side of instant regret. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Little regret chaser. Never oh, heard anybody, right? <laughs> It's like, I apologize for everything I've ever done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not Catholic, but mea culpa. <laughs> <laughs> Says your friend from Walmart. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> oh, Funny stuff. That man. was nasty. <laughs> yeah, it was. Mm. Mm. What about you, Pat? Well, I've got two. If we're, we're just limiting it to the, the strongest mm-hmm. When I went to college, there was this place uh, called the Grand Illusion down on the street where there were all the different bars and all the different, you know, the college bars. It was funny. All the different establishments were, um, uh, you know, there were basically different themes for each one. And uh, the musicians, our our place was called the Joint, and it was pretty. It was a pretty cool place. I mean, that was the hang, and it was all all the art crowd and music crowd and all that. And it used to be, I mean, it was about as wide as my kitchen and it used to be a performance place because it was right on the road from Chicago to the cities. And so they had everything from like Dizzy Gillespie played there back in the seventies. They had Woody Herman and the entire Woody Herman and the thundering herd, you know, full 20 some piece, big band. I don't know how they like in the size of a kitchen, like, I don't know how they fit it all in there, but Anyways, they had a bunch of, but they had this one place called the Grand Illusion, and they used to make this thing called the the um, the Delusion, uh, starting with a D. I don't know what's in there. I've you know tried to go on the the miracle of searching to find out what's in there. All I know is that, you know, it um, it was pretty potent. You know, you had to you had to watch out for the delusions. Um, and I remember that if you got a little coupon each time you had one, and if you amassed enough compute, uh, you got a t-shirt. So that was kind of exciting. Um, so that would have been the official one. I would say the second one, uh, was a buddy of mine. Uh, his name was Eric. To my knowledge, his name is still Eric and, uh, uh, fantastic musician and, um, uh, great band director, like fantastic, uh, uh, saxophone player. Anyways, he started, um, you know, he's, and I, I'm not sure if he's still into it, but making his own wine and brewing his own beer. And he got really quite good at it. But I remember his first batch of wine um, was so potent. I've never had moonshine, like, you know, I never had it. Um, but I know that sometimes you can make that stuff pretty potent. Whatever was in this wine or whatever the heck happened, holy buckets, this, that, was potent. And I remembered that it was so strong tasting that it, we ended up having to make like Kool-Aid just to kind of like give it a little bit of flavor that could make it palatable because to borrow the words from Frank Sinatra, you know, it'd take the paint off your deck if you had a boat. So it was, uh, it was, it was potent stuff. And, uh, but like I said, he, he became very, very good at it. And I remember, you know, he had, you know, he was able to make, you know, different, beers and, and, you know, styles and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, now, now I can only imagine now that the whole microbrewery and, you know, that's taken off, that's exploded. But back when I was in college, it was still like, you know, you'd be accused of being like a beer snob. And, um, 
you know, you, you tell someone you're, you know, you're doing a wine tasting and they look at you like, you know, like if you showed up with sushi at lunch, whereas now sushi is like all over the place. Now micro brews and wine tasting and make your own wine, like that's such an established thing. But yeah, I remember his first batch was, um, it was kind of like Marty McFly in the, uh, in the whiskey, where if it, it gets down on the counter, it might light on fire, you know? So those would be the two of the, uh, of the, of the stronger things that, uh, you know, that, that'd burn you down pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't think of the, I mean, the strongest, in terms of the strongest, in terms of alcohol, you know, something that if you accidentally pour a drop on the bar, it's going to start smoking. Um, I don't know. Like, I can't think of, <laughs> the options are so endless. Um, I don't know what the strongest thing is that I've had. You know, there I'm sure there's, you know, certain tequilas or something that I've had a drink of that were pretty strong, but um the you know and there's always there's always a good scotch here and there that you could have Mm -hmm. um the strongest tasting one though i will go with is the time that i disappointed my sister uh when she took me uh to a bar in chicago i was there to to do a presentation at the tribune tower for something and um it's part of their social media week and um afterwards she's like okay we got to go to this place uh in chicago it's called um uh headquarters beercade and it was it was like a bar with like an '80s theme, and they had like an arcade in the back, and it. And she's yes. like, I, "I have to give you like I, you have to take a drink of this this type of drink. Like I just I need I need you to take this drink." I'm like, okay, um, so she takes me there, and she orders me, and and I had heard of this in passing, but I didn't really know what it was. Uh, mm-hmm. She orders me a shot of Malort. Oy. Oh, and I was mm. like, okay, I don't know, and. Uh, and so I like she got her camera ready, she got her phone ready, and she's like, "Okay." I'm like, "What? Why are you like? Why is this a big deal? I don't know why this is a big deal." Well, mm-hmm. apparently she had either heard from some of her coworkers. I think she might have still been working at the Tribune at the time, and she might have heard from uh, her coworkers. Yeah, like, go on YouTube, and there's all these videos of people's malort faces. You know, people take videos of their friends taking a shot of this drink, and it's such a bitter drink that people just like they react so heavily to this drink. And so that's what she was. She wanted to get a video of my face after taking mm-hmm. this drink. Okay. So like, okay, cool. So takes me there. She buys me the drink. Drink comes. I down the drink. She's holding her camera there, taking a video. And I just go, yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she gets nice. so angry at me. She stops recording on her phone. She slams her phone down on the table and she goes, what in the world have you had to drink where this does not affect you. Prairie it's like, fires. It's well, it's that's, poor, that's poorly, why. poorly made, poorly made prairie fires in Highwood, Illinois. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, no, it, awesome. it really didn't. Uh, I'm like, no, I mean, it's not bad. She's like, that's not what you're, sp-. oh, she was just, she was so disappointed because she was so looking forward to me, like making this just massive puckered up face. That's you know? awesome. Denied. Yeah. Have I have either of you gentlemen ever had the malort before? I have not. Yeah. I I have not. Yeah. So, it's uh it's not tasty. It, it didn't taste good. No. That's funny. Yeah. So. That's did funny. Did not taste good at all. But not not one where I would like have this massive reaction to it. 
That's cool. So you held it in. You kept it in. I did. I did. It was it was all good. We're all fine here now. All right. Well, those are our three questions. That's going to do it for this time around. Back to the future three. We are officially, as the podcast goes, from here on out, however many years we do this podcast, we will not have another Back to the Future movie ever again. Oh. I could have said that about the Godfather movies, but we didn't do the other ones, so I don't really feel like it's that big of a deal. Right. But we've, you know, right. at, at this point, we have now done all three of the Back to the Future movies on our podcast, and we will have no more after this. And Back to the Future was one of those that was um, like, uh, we better get this thing started because this is 85 and this is one of the, like, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't that? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. We did the first one in our first year, and then we followed it up with uh, last year. We did Back to the Future 2, and then yeah. obviously we've ended it with this one so such good movies that's a fun movie such good movies ed rooney's office paris bueller's online too maybe i guess you should have called i did call earlier when using the phone earlier when was that or later when then i uh, left a message a message what number did you call two four Niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No, it was cordless. Mm -hmm. You know what? Don't. Not here. Not now. Okay. Bye-bye. Shoot. She knew it was me. Hey, Pat Collin. We just got done recording for Back to the Future, and I can't believe that the entire episode went by and we didn't once talk about ZZ Top's cameo. How awesome was that? I've got no, like, words of insight or ways to frame it out other than awesome. And just one more check uh, in the box for a fantastic movie and a phenomenal uh, a phenomenal um, movie franchise. Love seeing ZZ Top spinning the guitars, playing the, playing, the, uh, playing the music. That was outstanding. And I, like I said, no words of insight, but we got to mention it because it was such a wonderful part of the show. All right. Catch you guys later. And I love when they, we've said it before too. I mean, I, just, I, I love it when they mash up the different genres. Yeah. Like that's why we, we started watching Westworld um, just a couple weeks ago and we've really been enjoying that. Now, spoiler alert for anybody who's not past the second season, the third season, not so much a Western anymore. Okay. No. So, and it's been, you know, we, part of our reason for starting to watch it is because we really like Westerns. And we like a good sci-fi every now and then. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like, okay, well, this is really cool. And so now, I mean, I think we're still enjoying the third season, but it's gotten far enough away from that original premise that I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's still good. I still like it, but it's it's not the reason we got into the show. It's not that anymore. Right. So that's fine. Are they looking, is this show is still going strong? Like, do you think there will be a fourth season? Could they write the ship or is it kind of on I, its way? I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that anybody else watching it is probably thinking there's anything wrong with the ship. Oh, okay. It's, okay. I think it's just, I think it's just Sharon and I started watching it because we're like, Hey, sci-fi Western. That's cool. Right. Um, right. You know, and it's the, as we get further away from the Western piece, we're like, okay, well the sci-fi stuff is still cool, but I do kind of miss the Western part of it. Yeah. There's, I don't know, how many episodes into season three are you? Uh, we've got maybe two left. Oh, okay. So, so you've been through some of them. We're, okay. we're, t- we're towards the end. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, Pat, if you ever get a chance to watch this show, you'll appreciate what they do with the music. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll put it on. I'll put it on my list. Is this a Hulu slash HBO slash? It's an HBO, um, but I okay. think uh, I think it's on our uh, it's on our Plex. I think it's on our Plex thing that we've got. I don't know if it's uh, really? well, yeah. If we've got it set up because that's where we've been watching it because we had the HBO trial. And it then, may be on the other side. I'll have to have Will add that to your thing, Pat. Okay. Oh, does well, Pat not have? Thank you. It's not in the same playlist as the podcast. No, it's oh, not. But okay. I have. If you have access to it, I think because I have access to it through Will's. Oh, okay. Account, yeah, so. but he's got to add that. He added you because of Matt about you. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, that makes sense. Well, so yeah, that was have a, him. that was our. Oh, well, thanks. Our our free trial was uh was coming to an end just as we were halfway through the third season. So, okay, well then that'll 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 be cool. Boy, this uh this this Plex thing is uh pretty sweet. Yeah, especially when it comes attached to a will that kind of puts everything you know. That is the best part. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Seriously, thank him for that. Hey. And I'm I'm seriously looking at that Plex thing about doing that and just because I haven't done the google play to youtube thing yet mm-hmm. and i'm i'm just thinking it just might be easier just yeah so anyways thank you for that yeah yeah thank you will all right well that's going to do it for this episode if you want to catch us at 30podcast.com you can catch us there uh it's got all the different ways you can interact with the show you can vote on next year's movies we've got that form up already or you can vote on the 1991 movies we'll get a head start on that uh on all the different social medias we are uh, 30 podcast that's three zero in the word podcast our voicemail line if you want to call the voicemail line and leave a uh leave a little um Pat, what'd you always call it? The love line? Um, love line, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to leave a message there on the love line, it's 872-356-6843. Um, as we are going on our, through our time and space month, our next few episodes are Star Trek, The Next Generation, The Best of Both Worlds. Mr. Worf, fire. Fire. There we go. Um, and then after that, we got Spaced Invaders, Mo Better Blues. It's going to finish off the month of August for us. And then as we move into September and back to school time, we've got Kids Month, which gives us Kindergarten Cop, Home Alone, DuckTales, The Movie, The Treasure of the Lost Lamp, and Problem Child. I am having a really hard time understanding how it's already September coming up. Like, I know I, technically we're as we're recording this, it's not even August yet, like even though this episode's right. coming out in August. But I'm like, I'm looking at how fast the year has gone by. I was mm-hmm. like, didn't we just start 1990? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of good movies, did, you know? Didn't we just leave this party? Yeah. All right. Well, gentlemen, as always, thank you for being here with me. Thank you, John. I always appreciate you, gentlemen. And uh, we're going to be back here next time. So not a movie next time. So if you want to go find... Uh, Parts 1 and Parts 2 of Star Trek The Next Generation, Best of Both Worlds. Go ahead and track those down. Um, And if you want to, because this may factor a little bit into our discussion, you may want to hit up the episode after that, too. Um, And I'm blanking out on what it's called. But there was the episode that immediately followed those two that was kind of like a Part 3. You know, or, or, I don't know, you want to call it an epilogue. Are we speaking of family? Yeah, family. That's what it was, yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, if you want to consider it a trilogy, you, you may want to watch that one, too, because that does kind of wrap up some of the stuff from uh, Best of Both Worlds. So, But that's what we got next time. So, Yeah. We'll track that down, and then you come back and have fun talking through with us. Yeah, but, man. 
Thank you guys again. Everybody be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next time.